0: I'm Angelique Roche, and this is Marvel's Voices. Ira Madison is a co-host and creator of Crooked Media's Keep It podcast. He is a cultural critic and writer whose work has been featured in GQ, The Daily Beast, and, and Vulture, among others. And now he has been named one of the most reliably hilarious and inclusive cultural critics writing now by one of... One of my favorite magazines, Nylon, and was recently dubbed a pop culture expert on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and so I was really excited because I had been following the work and the career of Ira Madison III for a really long time, and now as he's continued doing his work on Crooked Media's Keep It podcast, even more excited to have him sit down in the Marvels Voices chair and talk about. His story and how he became influenced about pop culture and why he feels so passionately about telling stories and doing social commentary and cultural journalism in his own unique way. This is Ira Madison the Third's story. Uh, not like us in our thirties, where it's just like it's a different kind of understanding. Like you could go through an Instagram or Twitter and find mm-hmm. stuff here and there, but you know. I gotta know, so did you grow up being like a nerd? Is that, is like...
1: Yeah, so we had a comic book store that was a mile from my apartment, and not apartment, a mile from my childhood home <laughs> uh, in Milwaukee, uh, and I would walk there every weekend. Oh my gosh, yeah. okay, so... And sometimes, sometimes, when it would be summer, um, I would walk there on actual New Comic Wednesday, but usually it would have to wait until the weekend the weekend
0: wednesday warrior i love i love the fact that you grew up being a wednesday warrior yeah that makes me so happy <laughs> and this is going to be so fun talking to you about this but like as a kid like little Ira, like what is he what is he what is he reading
1: so yeah i first got into wanting to get into comics because of animated series, you know, so like I saw the Spider-Man animated um, X-Men, and so I was like, I'm gonna go see you know, what can I find the comics I actually read and so I started reading Spider-Man comics when I started Spider-Man, I bought those collections that had the black and white collections of the comics from the 60s, so I actually read all of those too um, while reading the current series, and What's weird is I'm a big X-Men fan now, but I didn't read X-Men that much as a kid. I hmm. read Avengers yeah and I read um, I read Thunderbolts. that was out when I was a kid. That is like yeah. a that's
0: that's like a that's yeah, yeah. kind of die hard.
1: Yeah, um, and I read a lot of back issues. Yeah, like one of my favorite things is going to a comic book store and just like going through the old issues. Um, so I would get like Avengers issues from the eighties and and read those. That's
0: my favorite. Yeah, that's my that one of my favorite characters was born in in the eighties and she was an Avenger. What character? Uh, Monica Rambeau.
1: Oh, love her. Yes.
0: She's kind of a
1: badass. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was like, I still love doing that. Yeah, um, I'll be like in a different country um, and just oh, sort of looking bet. at a comic book store. And sometimes it's fun when they have different. They have different covers. Yeah. yeah. I found a lot of X Caliber comics in London. Nice. And I was like, I never read these before, so I bought them. I bought a bunch of Dazzler comics. I have. Um, she's one of my favorites as well, along with Spider Man. I have every Dazzler issue, just some back issue now. I've collected them from going to comic book store to comic book store to Comic Con.
0: I love the fact that I just feel like you have boxes of long boxes <laughs> in your in your home. I do.
1: Back at home, yeah. uh, at my parents' place in Milwaukee, like Ugh. there's still comics there that I need to eventually move to Los Angeles.
0: Do not get one of the stories that I have gotten from several guests on the show where their parents are like, "Come get them," and then they wait too long. <laughs> just <laughs> just know that there have been some tear jerking stories about. Things being given away or put in the
1: incinerator. Yes. Um, luckily, my parents know how much that Aww. means to me, so they will not. Uh, I think they finally. I told them they could get rid of like old TV guides that I have. i was a collector
0: but you know what i think that is so cool like when you think about the work you do now and this concept like you know i try to explain to people there's this this concept of cultural journalism Mm. and this interconnection of politics and current events and how the cultural zeitgeist is really influenced by the type of pop culture we support the type of pop culture we consume whether consciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting that you go get the back issues mm-hmm. because and and correct me if I'm wrong but like thinking about your writing and what you've done and kind of the angles that you take and even your your podcast
1: mm-hmm.
0: there is this desire to understand the connecting bits.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And like see the full picture in your head but also um perhaps a curiosity of like why?
1: Yeah. I've talked before about being a fan of soap operas, right? Um, I watched them growing up with uh, my grandmother, with other members of my family.
0: Days of Our Lives was a family affair in my house.
1: Still a family affair for me. watch it every day. Yes. Um,
0: My parents still go home for lunch (laughs) and watch it together. It's the most
1: adorable thing. Uh, But it's like you start watching a show like that, right? And it's, you're thrown into all of these characters. And you want to know, why people are doing things. You want to know what they're referencing when they make, you know, um, like an offhand joke about a character from a few years ago, you know, or when someone comes back to town. So it was like, I would dig through old soap opera Digest that my family had, or I would get like those big books where like it had all of the Days of Our Lives history, right, and I feel like that was sort of my first inclination into doing that with TV and um, then doing it with comics, and it was that basic idea that, I'm reading Spider-Man comics now, but I was like, what came before, you know? I'm really big into sort of like drawing on context. I feel like that's what made me a pop culture writer in the Mm. first place, you know? I loved writing about what's happening in pop culture. And I like talking about what's happening in pop culture on my podcast and being able to reference um, things from the past um, and how they impact what's happening now.
0: So what's influencing you right now? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Uh,
1: I'm watching too much Riverdale.
0: I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm following you on Spotify and I do enjoy <laughs> your music taste. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: um, I always forget that um, <laughs> Spotify is just sort of, Oh, yeah. Attached and tells you what people are listening to.
0: Spotify is the easiest way for someone to talk to you.
1: Right. Because people I haven't actually talked to in years, right? I'm sometimes in Spotify just on my desktop and you can see it shows you so and so is listening to this. I'm like, I have not talked to that person in 10 years. But also, I know what they're listening to now. It's also like, <laughs> why are
0: you listening? Lo- I didn't know. <laughs> People were like, is listening to the Pistol Annies. I didn't even know she listened to country. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the Pistol Annies.
1: Listen, I love a country moment, okay? Yeah, lo- I love a little You're lo- from Milwaukee. I don't yeah. think you would have escaped that. <laughs> love a love a little Yeehaw, you know, a little a little McGraw.
0: I do uh, I do. I love some Gretchen Wilson.
1: Yeah. I do. It's a um, thing. Um let's see, what am I listening to right now? Um, you know, pop music, um Kim Petrus I'm listening to a lot. Okay. Uh, listening to Little Nas X. Um, speaking of pop culture moment. I know, right? Speaking of, oof. Yeah, it's coming out. I was Pride also mod. like,
0: did y'all, he literally was like, but,
1: did, were you just not
0: paying attention?
1: Yeah, if you paid attention to his old tweets before, you know, before Little Nas Again, X Again, go, go look at
0: the backstory. Yeah. Go look, go get the back issues.
1: Um... <laughs> You know, I'm listening to that. Uh I'm listening to a lot of musical theater. As really? Usual. I'm listening to Hades Town right now. Which is
0: magnificent.
1: Yes. Uh I am hopefully seeing it this week, so
0: Tell me how you like yeah, it. Yeah.
1: I'm excited. I'm
0: very excited. I just saw Ain't Too Proud. Okay. Um, which was fantastic. Uh-huh. Like it really is. Very, very, very well done.
1: Hey, I just saw a strange loop at um, Playwright Horizons, okay. and uh, by Michael R. Jackson, and it is very powerful, very yeah. bo- bold. Um, Larry Owens is the lead, and he yeah. is phenomenal. Uh, really was just a great great performance um and so that uh was such a joy i saw that last night
0: so wait so now i gotta ask did you do drama club were you or were you that kid who just always just loved theater
1: yeah um you know we started doing some like school plays and stuff in high school and stuff right and mm-hmm. probably even before that like middle school was in schoolhouse rock um but high school was sort of where i got introduced to um listening to broadway cast recordings yeah. you know because um, other people in the theater department would do that first broadway
0: um, cast recording that you remember i gotta know
1: first was um <sighs> that you could recall because i know right um
0: because Andrew Lloyd Webber was definitely like yes. you just couldn't you couldn't
1: get away. Yeah, um, yeah, it was probably Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera or Rent. One of those two.
0: Not gonna. I don't know about you and your friends, but we definitely would sing that outside. Yes, yes, lunch all, the all the time, all the time.
1: Uh, and then it was you know I wasn't. I think I was probably a good actor in high school, but uh, I was not a. I wasn't cast in most things in our school, and so I would sort of work on the stage crew and be nice. very involved in you know finding out how the show worked, and that sort of got me interested in wanting to write theater. Oh, wow! Yeah, so that was sort of my. That's your origin, origin story. story. You know, yeah,
0: <laughs> I love it. A and failed actually-
1: high school actor, terrible, to- <laughs> right? <laughs> i feel like that happens to all of them
0: i was about to say i don't want to laugh but it's like it's it's really true like i mm. i started in acting i did it in high school did it in college and yeah. here i am i'm not on anyone's stage but it is it is the same skills that you kind of learn yeah. um and the perspective that you kind of learn that kind of changes the way you see the world so um you decided to go to new york mm-hmm. and then you ended up here for a while yeah new york's a crazy place man
1: Yeah, it's it's something. I moved here even before I went to NYU for grad school. So, so you moved here? I moved here just to move here. Yeah, I really really wanted to go to undergrad here, but uh, family wouldn't let me. So I went to Chicago for undergrad. You're like, I'm gonna go as soon as I was done. Away, just not far away.
0: That's. I mean, I respect that. Yeah. So you're like, I'm out. Yeah. So you moved here with dreams in a suitcase. Yeah, I don't
1: know what I was gonna do, but (laughs) I was just like, I'm gonna be in New York. Why not?
0: What did you end up doing?
1: Uh, I ended up interning, you know, at like Radar Magazine, um, and doing like you know a lot of general uh, retail jobs, um, as we all do yeah, at some point in time. Right. While I was, um, you know, trying to do playwriting, uh, and then I went to grad school um, and was like, "Oh, let me start trying to do television."
0: That's amazing. It is. It is a big jump, like stage end screen and we just you know we've talked about it a little bit you are very correct when you said it's very two very different Mm -hmm. disciplines um is there i mean you study dramatic writing Mm -hmm. i i definitely consider what you do a really beautiful form of journalism Mm -hmm. do you feel like that writing background the dramatic arts writing background led to this or that this was kind of a pit stop on the way
1: feels kind of both you know Mm. i feel like um You know, having been um, a playwright, you know, having, um, you know, sort of just um, digested so much um, from books, movies, TV, music, everything. You know, it it affects my writing, obviously. Um, And it was sort of just a natural job progression. You know, Um, I did some journalism in school, too. Okay. uh, Just because it was, you know, when you're in high school and you want to do writing, you know, it was one of the only things you could do, it's right? It's not
0: the paper, it's not the essay. It's yeah. something where you can actually express even even if it's a strict piece of journalism or reporting on mm-hmm. a thing, you could still put your voice in it.
1: Yes. Well, I started that and then quickly shifted to opinion columns. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is this is who you are. This is how I present in the world. How I've always been And I've always yes. been this.
1: <laughs> uh and so I was always doing those, and um, I feel like when I moved to LA to get into writing, yeah. uh, one of the first places I got a job was at BuzzFeed, and so that yep. was just what led me down yeah. the path. And this is the wild, wild, pop culture stuff.
0: And that's a wild, wild, this is the wild, wild west of BuzzFeed. Yes, it was twenty fourteen. Man,
1: <laughs> when I tell you, barely uh, like BuzzFeed, Most Pischards, or anything.
0: You bring such a different. Um, such a different cross section Mm -hmm. of understandings of pop culture and current events to places like GQ and Buzzfeed and MTV. Um, because sometimes MTV, when I was younger, it was just music. It wasn't music. We weren't talking about it. And then you realize that all these things are impacted by everything that's going around. Did you, did you see a change from like all the work that happened at Buzzfeed in your, in kind of your perspective?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I think that, um... A lot of smarter pop culture writing sort of started happening around that um, era. You know, they were hiring a lot more people to do sort of long form things. And I was interested in a lot of that too. You know, and I wasn't specifically hired for that. Uh, And so I started, you know, sort of doing some of those on my own and publishing them when I could. Um, And that's really sort of what led me to move on, you know, because I wanted to write um, longer things that sort of weren't just um, lists. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of your early stuff was very short. Yeah. Um. But I know I prob I remember
1: haven't looked at it.
0: <laughs> well, I remember when I followed you, it was definitely a longer form piece mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, this dude's funny. Yeah. But also, these facts are accurate. <laughs> this is nice. This is refreshing. Um, because I think there was for a long time, particularly in journalism, this line between how do you make it funny but also get the facts in mm-hmm. and be accurate and kind of uphold that, that concept of journalism yeah. because there is such a need for this more in-depth analytical side to pop culture journalism mm-hmm. um, because the pieces weren't being set within context. Yeah, um, The context had to, be, had to be gathered by the reader by putting several pieces together. Um, so now you're writing, you're in a writer's room, you're doing it. Thingy, thing, thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time, but (laughs) in particular, you're working on something for Netflix.
1: Yes. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: How do you feel about it? Can you tell me anything about it?
1: Yeah. We finished this season, and um, it comes out in October. So uh, it's called Daybreak. It is a teen sci-fi drama.
0: And there's the apocalypse is involved.
1: Yeah. The apocalypse happens, (laughs) and only teenagers survive. And it's sort of like a teen Mad Max.
0: Oh. Yeah. So, are, are we looking at comedy? Are we looking at this a good amount of comedic timing? and This comedy, yes. It's okay. very funny. Very good. funny. I mean, I, I don't know if I was funny as a teenager, but I, <laughs> I hope that
1: teenagers are funny. Yeah, they're, they're kind of funny. Yeah.
0: What have you seen has been the difference in constructing this, and what are you most proud of with this project?
1: You know, I think it's just sort of a different discipline, you know? Mm. Um, it took me a minute to get back into it, you know, because yeah. before, um, you know, it was a lot of theater writing and stuff, and that, you know, was sort of done on your own schedule. And, and also it's get- very different. Yeah. yeah stru- you know, even structurally, structurally the yeah. way
0: the scripts look,
1: yeah. very different. Um, and structurally, like how you attack, you know, a script, yeah. you know, you sort of can come at it from different angles with theater, and you don't really outline things um, rigidly, because, uh, you know, sort of more free thought until you, form something. At least that's how I do a lot of that writing. Um, and so, yeah, it was just um, fun, you know, really sort of narrowing down stories and um, writing out a full script. Um, and I've been working on other things since then, you know, and it's been really fun just being in this TV arena now.
0: You're now creating the content. yeah, <laughs> That you <laughs> used to research. Like, yeah. yeah, when you're writing, you're a content creator, Mm -hmm. um yeah when you're doing a podcast you're a content creator um but there is a large level of analysis of the content Mm -hmm. that you're talking about and now you are creating that content on a scale that it's going to be netflix bingeable
1: yeah uh it's weird right um you know it's going to be um interesting when this comes out uh because it will be my first thing coming out where it's um something that I've worked on uh, and know sort of the, um, you know, inner workings of how it came together um, and seeing people's responses to it online. What are you most excited about people seeing? Uh, There's some really fun storylines in there um, that I think that will be really interesting to a lot of viewers, you know, very, um, you know, some queer storylines that we got in there that I think will be pretty fun. And, um, yeah, you know, it's it, it will be my first time seeing someone really reacting to something that I was heavily involved in writing. Um, I mean, I get, it's different, you know, seeing people react to the podcast or something, right? Because that's just...
0: It's a conversation. Yeah,
1: it's a conversation. And, you know, it's people also just being like, oh, I liked when you said this or that was funny. And it's sort of like, yeah. it's a, very different from...
0: So for those out there who are listening, give me the one minute pitch on this show from iris perspective
1: okay um listen it's very ferris bueller meets buffy um sort of like 80s inspired um teen soap really that is also very gory and you know a fun apocalyptic drama
0: i really love all these words you just put together to describe this that are so completely in, in any other context would be
1: like Right. Fun an apocalypse. <laughs> cool, cool, cool.
0: Sure. Uh right. Right. Um, so talk to me about keep it.
1: Yeah. Um uh, well keep it is, you know, a phrase that I came up with online for things that you don't want. You know. Uh so it's sort of like something's happening. Oh, you, know, you like, can keep it. Yes. Like you can keep it. Got it. Yes. And that sort of morphed into a podcast where we talk about pop culture and politics sort of at a time where everyone's really obsessed with both and yeah. they're intersecting so much.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, and not to get too far down this road, it's it's, it's one of those interesting things that I think – You know, and I've I've written about this a lot. Is this idea that sci-fi is reflecting our technology, Mm -hmm. and as is a lot of our dramas on TV, reflecting uh, what is actually going on in politics? And there's this weird space where I don't always think that people can tell Mm -hmm. the difference between what is real and what really is written because it is mimicking so closely at this point.
1: Um, Yeah, and things you know really just sort of influence our culture you know it's um you look at even something like Ava DuVernay's um, when they see us you know about the Central Park Five and it's revisiting how that happened in um, the 80s you know it's uh you see that is affecting yeah. current politics now you know and it's affecting things with the current president people running for president Um uh, yeah. it's we're all talking about these things that have happened before that, have been depicted in popular culture, and it's sort of a push and pull um, between both. Um, do you have a dream project? Uh, do I have a dream project? Uh, probably, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to sell some dream projects <laughs> Wait, right it's now. It's like I can't talk uh, about them because they're all in pitches. Yes, but, um, you know, one person who, whose music influences me, um, who I've loved, and their story is. Andy Gibb, weirdly. Really? Uh, yeah, the other Gibb brother. I was about to non-
0: say. non was like, the, uh, the, the one that is not.
1: Yes. Um, and I don't know. I would love to see his story Oh,
0: somewhere. that's really yeah. cool. So who are you reading now? Would you, is there any particular comic books that you're still...
1: I'm always reading Spider-Man. Even when it stresses me out, there's so many titles, right? There was a period where I felt like there were 700 <laughs> Spider-Man titles. I was like, I can't do it.
0: I mean he's incredible. He's amazing. He's ultimate. Yes. He's spectacular.
1: Yes. Uh, he's 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 Peter Parker Spider Man. <laughs> he's he's Peter Parker Spider Man. He's Miles Morales Spider Man. Yes. Uh but always that. Um and you know, I've been I was really enjoying um Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh and I enjoyed the um recent Captain Marvel run. So,
0: very cool. I like that yeah. fact that you're also like diversified. Miss Marvel
1: as well. I love Miss Marvel. <sighs> Kamala yeah. Khan is one yeah. of my favorites. Because
0: yeah. she's also like, she's very much this concept of, of another type of. And even like hearing you describe your shows, like these everyday kids are thrown in this crazy yeah. situation. Like, is this this relatability to I have an idol, I want to be special. Oh, okay. Universe, you're a superhero now. Congratulations, kid. Figure out what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a power in that for readers particularly readers who are like there's just Peter Parker could be the kid sitting next to you Kamala Khan could be the girl you just passed on the subway
1: yeah um also loving Ironheart right now yeah Eve
0: Ewing yeah love Eve she's such a great writer such a beautiful job Mm -hmm. um particularly in really placing her so squarely culturally Mm -hmm. in Chicago um, and leaving no stone unturned with how she is interacting and her type of hero, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's the beautiful thing about Riri being a very different type of hero from Tony, mm-hmm. uh, even with like helping the kids out in the community and, and giving back and being concerned, um, and and have even having survivor syndrome. Like it's yeah. it's it's been it's been a really beautiful run.
1: Yeah, of course. You know, I've always loved comic Tony. Um, oh, comic a little darker than movie tony yes i, I told you i read them 80s avengers comics
0: i was actually i remember i was reading one of the avengers um when right before janet van dyne mm-hmm. was about to retire yeah him and janet and like he's having this conversation with <laughs> thor and thor is talking very thor speak yeah and it's just like I would have loved to have just been in the room mm-hmm. for Thor giving Tony relationship advice. Right? <laughs> and you're just like, I just, I don't know if this is, this is what happens when friends just, just are, they have, they mean well.
1: Yeah. You right? meant well, Thor. You meant yeah. real well. <laughs> no one needs relationship advice from Thor. <laughs> Or any Avenger, if we're being honest.
0: I'm gonna leave that there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was about to be like, I, but yeah. I mean, with superheroes just—they
1: yeah, live a rough it's, life, man. It's, it's, it's troublesome, you know. It's there's troublesome. very few who stay together for the long run.
0: I mean, even Rhodey and Carol. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad. It's a sad reality. Yeah. Relationships get torn apart by civil wars. Yeah. Storm and T'Challa. Yeah. Mm. No, oh, they're trying to reconcile, though. That's what I hear.
1: Oh, okay. Well, well. See.
0: Thanks, Nadia a well, for yeah. Well. <laughs> for hinting at that, it's a lot. Anyway, we I'll can wait talk for about
1: them to reconcile in a movie.
0: <laughs> Just gonna sip my water. That's a whole bag of worms I'm not gonna open. <laughs> sure. um, so this is a quick fire round. Okay. Uh, very very easy. Very very straightforward. Um, I truly believe. So I always have to caveat this first question. I truly believe everyone has a superpower. Okay. Everybody. It doesn't matter. I can really organize paper clips. Superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your superpower?
1: <sighs> Information. Oh. Yeah, you know, like I've always, always got the tea. Um. So always, we're gonna be best friends. I can yeah. You know. <laughs> no, you know whether it's like. Information where it's like you know um, what you're talking about on a subject or you're very into looking up the info um, or it's just sort of like whether it's, you know, the right person to get into a party, like who to text when you're at the doorman and being denied. I appreciate all of this these. this weekend. This is a very handy yeah. superpower. <laughs>
0: um, what would your superpower be if you could have any superpower? <sighs>
1: I feel like teleportation would be very good. I knew you were going to say that. You know, I feel like just be anywhere you want. Whatever.
0: Yeah. It's very on brand. Yeah. Uh, What would your superhero name be?
1: (sighs) You know, I feel like I'd still go by my same name.
0: I3. I'm here for it. I3, yeah. I'm here for it. (laughs) What is your favorite superhero?
1: Spider-Man. Yeah, I love it.
0: It's I love it. Last but not least, what does storytelling mean to you?
1: Storytelling means connecting an audience to something fantastic. You mm. know, it's telling any sort of story that you can spin out of your imagination, but still making someone read that and connect to it.
0: I love it. That I mean, and, and I I love it because it says a lot about kind of the ethos and like the the mood and the tone and the voice in which you write. Yeah. Um. And that's pretty. It's pretty extraordinary. And it's pretty extraordinary, particularly being a person of color. Yeah. Ensuring that that's a perspective you're able to show up in.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Mm, thank you. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I, I'm I'm sorry you were stuck in traffic, but yeah. this is yeah. Oh man. I'm so excited. Finally get to meet you. I've been following you for a good amount of time. Oh my god! I mean, you got a lot of Twitter followers.
1: <laughs> we got, we got a lot of
0: Twitter followers. Thank you so much, Ira, for stopping by Marvel, giving all your time. Make sure you're checking out Iris podcast. Crooked Media's Keep It. It is amazing. It is everything. You can... He is literally about that cancel culture, and it is extremely hilarious. So make sure you are checking that out because it is a cross-section of politics and policy and how all of these things infect with current events. It's everything I love. So, you know, if you love this podcast... Go check it out. Uh, That being said, make sure you are also checking out all the amazing live coverage that we did from San Diego Comic-Con. You can find that at Marvel.com as well as we got a couple podcasts coming down the pipe uh, that we did with some incredible artists at San Diego Comic-Con. I am so excited to share all of this with you. So make sure you are tuning in to Marvel's Voices uh, in the future. And we'll see you next time.